Hi guys, it's Cyrus here, and this is Radio Armor. I'm here with Flash Ranger and Suits from Asaur. How are you guys? Hey, hey, you Hi, people. Welcome to Radio Armor. Very happy to have you, Suits. Welcome. Thank you. Cool, cool. So, All Suits, right. uh, how about we kick this off then? Um, so, you're you're from AS, ASOR or Asaur. Do you want to tell us a bit about you and your group? Yeah, sure. The um. Well, I'm the founder and leader of ASOR, um, which is an Armour 3 Milsim group. Uh, I started playing, well, Armour in the Op Flash days back in 2000, 2001, um, with, a, with a previous group that I used to run as well back then. We used to have lands in Melbourne, just 30-odd people or whatever, and I'd make missions in the editor and while well, people are having a smoko break and come back and do the mission. It was it was pretty cool. The the game was really flexible like that. Um yeah, I dabbled in, you know, all the series that come through, uh probably more so Armor Two. Um, but then I ended up getting out of like the whole PC game thing stuff going on in real life work and things and uh, come back about the time Armor Three Alpha. Hit the shelves so, or hit online, and uh, yeah, got hooked back into it again. I started playing with a group called Day Zero, um, just mostly like adversarial stuff on the pub servers. We'd team up and and do all that, and it got a bit more organised later on. The uh, Day Zero guys started doing like, I guess PvP nights where you know one team will be defending a town or something, the other team would attack, and it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so definitely started getting into it, but I wanted more from Armour, so um, I wasn't really in the position to run my own group again. Still pretty busy in real life, but the, uh, I ended up joining another group in Day Zero, and and uh, but yeah, it wasn't long into that. Well, I was like, yeah, okay, I really want to something more team orientated and organised, and so I decided <laughs> if I want to play how I want to play, I'll I'll do it myself and selfishly create my own group so i can play the way i want to play and sat in the day zero team speak server for about two weeks by myself and and then slowly built up a a bit of a following um yeah and then it's yeah been going for six years now we're still going stronger than ever that's amazing and yeah, I feel you when you say uh, nothing's better than being your own boss is that it yeah, it's just, I mean, you, I, I just wanted to play a certain style and it was, it's somewhere between serious and not serious and it's it's a bit of a balancing act. It doesn't appeal to everyone. Um, yeah, so I sort of just made my own group and enforced it <laughs> and that's what we play. <laughs> Man, yeah, so so full, full disclosure, I was actually a part of that group uh, before um, Suits split off and made his own and then I did join ASOR for a little while as well. Back in the day, I'm just sitting here in shock that that was six years ago now. Yeah, it's. I um only thought about that when we 
we're talking about this, so yeah, it's amazing, eh? Yeah, Alma is already five years old, yeah. So time flies. Really does. Um, um, Suits, uh, can you tell tell us, um, tell the people that are listening uh, where your community is based? Because uh, we've we've done, I think, one other team that's on the other side of the world, but uh, uh, most of the listeners are are from uh, EU and from USA. Uh, but we tend to forget that there's pretty, uh, pretty a lot of communities on your side of the planet. Where are you from? D- d- yeah, don't, so- say, don't say we just yet. Flash, I'm from over here. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But I'm, I'm speaking for. I know, but people know you're from the other side of the world. That's the, the basis of my question. <laughs> I know you guys are far away. Yeah, we're, we're based in Australia. Um, we've got members all over Australia. Um, primarily on the east coast, um, yeah, we've got members over in Adelaide and Perth, and um, we have the odd international member that's that's with us. We've we've got we used to have a lot of New Zealand guys. We've still got a one or two now. Um, got an Indonesian member at the moment, and an American. Huh. We, used to, we like to have a token person from every country. <laughs> it's just yeah, people come through and come and go, but yeah. It's mostly Australian-based all the times. We work off Sydney time, so it's pretty central to all those areas. I'm going to slide a question here. Um, do, uh, are you able to build a team? I, I know that's probably not the objective, of course, but uh, it's just a random question. Um, are you able to build a unit in Australia based on only Australia and and maybe maybe New Zealand's uh, uh, citizens, or are you? Uh, do you have to go and find some players in maybe in the U.S. and all around the world uh, to to build up a, a solid unit? No, I definitely, definitely can build a a base just just Australian. Don't there's uh, I know but, of probably four other main groups that exist in Australia. Um, so that means we've had up to the... 50 members at one point, just Daysaw, and, you know, that would have been New Zealand members as well, but, okay. yeah. So there's the there's a play base over there. There's definitely a play base here, yeah. That's cool. Okay. Sweet. Um, so I guess uh, we'll, we'll, we'll skip a little bit ahead through the document here just to stay on topic, but what kind of, what kind of missions do you, do you run suits? talk about uh, these other bits a bit later i think yeah we uh we primarily do co-op stuff so like a pvp kind of natured thing um we generally run a like a storyline based campaign that goes for several months at a time um and they'll have a continuous series of missions in the same battle space or some you know overall scenario sometimes it's like we just make up these alternate history timelines. You know, if there's a current event going on, like uh, when Ukraine kicked up, we had a, you know, a war coming off that, and and a few we've done a few others like that. Um, uh, for instance, at the moment we're just doing Vietnam, so we've been doing that since the start of December last year. Nice. Um, uh, the ne- the next one's going to be like an alternate storyline from the '90s where um, Russia remains a dictatorship and Things are getting a bit shifty in in Europe, so that should that should be interesting. Um, 
generally always play as this fictitious Australian Special Forces unit called ASOR. And, you know, we've got a whole regiment structure and different squadrons that perform different types of operations. And it's loosely based around the actual real Australian Special Forces set up, but, to, you know, bent to our own needs and missions that we want to make. Um, we, ha we have a really strong mission-making group these days and uh, we get all together and then do a bunch of combined ops that are all run in series or all under the same topic and we've got scripters and, and modders that sort of come around to help set that up before we start. Awesome. So um, what, what kind of difficulty do you run? Do you try to make your missions hard to beat or do you sort of make it more of that narrative focus that you mentioned? Yeah, it's it's sort of up to the uh, mission maker how hard it is, but they're generally pretty hard. The um, I like to make it as hard as possible. Um, we uh, the, the regular nights go for about three hours, um, you know, and we can have fixed wing, all types of armor or helicopters, artillery, you know, it's all supporting our squads in in a battle, and um, it's. We've got the ACE three, and we run the full medical with you know two levels of medic and and paramedics and stuff. So okay. you know we, we do medivacs and field triage and all that sort of stuff. And we've we've built up sort of a operating procedure around all this stuff, so it uh, doesn't detract from actually just playing the scenario. But it's it gets gives people enough to get into those roles and really learn you know an in depth role. Yeah, okay, so there's more like people specialise in particular sorts of roles or and, and sort of play that every time or? Yeah, so the, um, it's sort of, I think that's what gives the armour just that renewability for us. The, uh, you know, five years of doing it and you, you can get bored of it and sometimes, yeah, you know, you need to take a couple of weeks break. But the... Uh, like I obviously started out commanding the forces and doing all that and squad leading, um, and then you know we you got all those standard infantry roles and then you can go down to you know being a medic, um, being a tank commander or a helicopter <laughs> pilot. You know, like oh that's what I did the end of the year before. I went okay, I want to do something different. I started just I could sort of fly a helicopter and I just got into it you know i'm still doing the mouse and keyboard helicopter and, and just loving it mouse and keyboard all the way yeah yeah <laughs> same here uh i i i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go down this road screw it no i i prefer mouse and keyboard for flying just because i have a few mates that, that, one mate who's really good at flying but the problem is he always does it with joystick and so we'll be playing along and it'll suddenly be a case of like oh we need to jump into the the helicopter and fly off like playing wasteland or something and he'll go to jump in the pilot seat and then go ah oh, hang on guys i've got to set up my joystick <laughs> and like he starts fumbling around trying to plug the thing in and then get an armor to recognize it i i just don't think you get that much more from it i think to, to be honest i think I've, I've been talking to a few uh, pilots um through through milsim units through uh through pvp units through all sorts of horizons and um one thing they all say is that uh for the realism um pilots tend to use the joystick 
but once you really want to be efficient, uh, all the PvP pilots, to for for example, uh, use uh, well most of them. I'm not going to do some <laughs> some uh, everyone's uh, <laughs> the same, but um, they they uh, they often use the mouse and keyboard to be really efficient and precise, and you know do those those kind of tricks that you wouldn't be able to do with uh, with the normal uh, joystick. Yeah, yeah, like aiming the guns and stuff is a bit harder with the joystick than the um than with the mouse, I think. Yeah. Do you want to I think the, learning, I think the, the learning curve is probably a bit more uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ah, cool. Um so anyway, yeah, back on back on topic. So um in terms of like your your missions and stuff, do you do operations with any other units? We we have done so in the past. Um, we've they've done several combined operations with other units, but um, not in the last couple of years. Um, the biggest one we did was about a hundred people a couple of years ago. Um, okay. But these days we've got so much in-house coding and custom mods. It's really very complicated to do it. And to be honest, generally I've found it's it's more effort than it's worth in the end to try and organise it all. Yeah, that's that's fair enough, especially given that um, most of the the larger units are in different time zones to Australia. Yeah, that's that's the issue that I found when I was uh, streaming um, Operation uh, Green X, the um, big um, multi-unit uh, event that happened last week. Um, it was it was fine for the guys in the US and Europe, but uh, I had to get up at five a.m. to start for the briefing. Yeah, time zones are to avoid that. <laughs> time zones are, are already tricky. Yeah, especially when one of them is just the exact opposite. All right, suits. So let's get into uh, the the mod questions. Um, what's to for your unit? What's the what's your favorite mod? Uh, What's the, the mod that you use all the time that you can't, you know, negotiate on? You have to, you have, to have it. Probably the one that we have to have is a mod that I worked with on a, with a couple other members just called Ace or Edit. It's just a mission-making framework. Um, it doesn't have any candy, but it definitely makes making ops nice and easy, and it uh, streamlines the performance of the mission. To, to get a lot in and it allows people to make missions that you know don't know any scripting it's all modulized they can just throw stuff down mm, but um get it. probably the biggest shiniest mod that we've had with one of our members is uh the sma the small military arms mod that's out there from blazing chambers that was if we are using modern weapons that is the mod that we use okay that's like that's weapon attachments, if I recall correctly. Yes. Uh, all weapons. It's oh, all okay. Attachments and weapons. Yeah. Must have just been attachments back when I was in the in the group. And uh, how is uh, how big is your mod set? Um, at the moment, we're doing Vietnam and using Unsung, so it's it's pretty big. It's probably up upwards of thirty five gig. <laughs> we do have our own software though to manage that. So we've got a thing called ASOSync 2, which is uh, just, it loads all our, our mods and syncs it all down. 
Okay, so that was kind of going to be my, my next question is, is uh, what platform do you use to host them? Um, I was going to ask if you used uh, the workshop or the Arma 3 Sync, but obviously you have your own software for that. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, so ASOS Sync 2, it's real similar to um, A3 Sync. It, it does the same sort of thing. Just It allows us to control the mods that people are using in our ops. Um, you know, you can click on a button and launch to our server with the mod set. We also have other mod sets because people make, you know, someone will make a World War II mini series or something that will play outside the, the main operation night. So we can just have a different mod set for all that and people can just download it through there. Um, ASOS Sync 2 also does it by the file. So when we get those huge mod updates like Unsung updates or RHS, the it really skips a lot and saves a lot of downloads for our members. Oh, okay. So it like looks for what like the changes are instead of just downloading the whole thing again. Yeah, and oh, it will nice. read PPO it and everything. It's pretty awesome. Um, was it was it developed by someone in in your unit, or is it based on a on a on, on a software that was publicly released or something that like an example or a, a baseline or something? No, the, one of our members developed it from scratch. Lex, his name is from scratch. the genius. Okay. Right. There's there's a few units out there that really um, do that kind of thing. They 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 have members that are good at uh, developing software. Uh, probably their their uh, their their uh, their uh, job in real life. Um, but they they have their own software to to manage mods, and uh, they're they're pretty few because a lot of uh, units don't have that kind of people in so they use the uh, workshop or uh, Arma 3 sync but i've seen a few and and uh, i'm always curious to see how and where does it come from you know yeah our, ours interfaces with our website which doesn't get used too much now because of discord but um you know when you load it up it, it's the second version of it too like we've it's been updated and, and improved on but yeah interface to the website so it uses all the accounts from the website and we've, we've got a section in there where we, we sort of got approved optional mods so like all the sound mods and stuff if any of them are broken or something we'll we'll take them out of there but if they're all working and, and we know they work with our mod set you can just tick them what you want and the rest is just all preset from our mod set and it's got a web interface to update the the repository for it all and it's awesome tool it's just saved us so much grief gotcha well um you kind of answered uh, my next question but um uh, you you said you had modders uh inside your unit so you've got people working on the mods is that it yeah so we've had a few modders come come through um there's probably no one that's developing anything major at the moment, but the, there's definitely always just small additions to our current mod set that get done that we need and, you know, really important stuff like adding music to helicopters in Vietnam and things like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, we're, never, we're never short of doing what we need to do, which is, which is really helpful when you've got an idea and you want to pull it off. And... Um... So, so you've got your motors, and do these do these motors um, work on existing mods, or do they create only 
uh, mods for your unit from scratch? There has been there hasn't been a lot of new stuff come up lately, but um, we have had modders that create stuff from scratch in the past, but at the moment I don't know of any. SMA is probably the most recent, which is sort of stalled now as well. Gotcha. So, so a lot of uh, modders just uh, take some uh, already existing content and uh, and either modify it or adapt it. Is that it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, let's uh, hope they read the uh, the uh, owner <laughs> licensing because there's a pretty uh, big topic coming up uh, in the in a few weeks uh, with uh, the RHS um, team because they they uh, kind of had a, a big issue with uh, with the community that um, was using yeah, the content we... to uh, to to make money. Um, so we're going to come back to that topic on uh, on another episode. Uh, it's probably going to be a joint episode with. Uh, with uh, Armanet podcasts, by the way. What? Sorry. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, de yeah. we definitely don't mod mods and re-release them or anything like that. Yeah, no, we, no, like no, we wouldn't I, make I changes to that, RHS but... or something like that. Yeah, it's a pretty important topic. We've, so we've had that happen to us, so we're well aware of that. Mm, I, I feel you. Yeah. As, Basically, from the point where it happened to you, you usually don't do it to others. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, let's go back to, sorry about that. Just let's go back to, um, to Mons. Um, what train do you think is the best for, uh, for your unit and for your operations and for what reason? Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, the, uh, I know. It's, it's very... For us, it's very campaign orientated. Like at the moment, I'm just loving the jungle stuff with Vietnam, and but um, it's very different styles, and you do get you do get sick of any one style after you've played it for months on end. But hmm. it's uh, I'd, I'd probably prefer the in between, so somewhere in between desert and jungle. So like the maybe the European style maps is probably where I like them, it just gives you more options and and uh, less issues with armor that way. Okay, so one one uh, cool terrain that could be done would be uh, a central African African um, uh, country where you you would have uh, like uh, uh, desert north and jungle south or something like that. <laughs> that yeah, cool. we're about we're about to start a the a new or oh, not soon, but fairly soon. It's uh, like lithium is, is a good one, uh, and yep. there's another one, Anazé or something. It was called. It's I haven't looked at the actual maps myself, but I've seen the members sort of researching them for the next campaign. It looks pretty good. Lithium's yeah, kind lithium. of a Middle Eastern style one, I think. Yeah, Middle Eastern. Yeah, but it is yeah. a pretty decent map. I mean, it's used in a lot of campaigns um, from, from Milsim to PvP. It's it's really uh, a very good terrain. Also, if any modders yeah. are listening and they, they do feel like making a Central African map for me, pretty please, please do. I've got Isla <laughs> Duala and um, there's, a, there's a tiny Angola map that someone made. That's all I've got. Yeah. I guess important for us is just really 
new maps at this point. We've um we've done a lot of them to death, and we you know there's mm. thankfully there is a few new ones getting around now that are getting to the polish stage. That's so good. I think they they updated the tools, didn't they, for making terrains recently? I, I I'm I'm don't don't hold me to that. I think they might have done, which is why we're seeing more coming out. Yeah, I remember, sure I remember seeing a community update a while back. Yeah, they yeah. have oh, a no, few it's a long weeks ago, I think. Um, last question um, on about mods. Uh, what do you think... Um, so, f for your unit, obviously, um, do you prefer open areas operations or more CQB style? I prefer the more open stuff. The um, CQP is fun, but it's really hard to get done well in armor, I think. The, um, but yeah, I'd, a bit of a mixture is good. Um, but yeah, I'd probably prefer more open combined arms stuff. All right, cool. Awesome. Um, I'll leave Cyrus for the next question. Sure, no worries. So um, if people wanted to join up with you, what's your recruitment process like? Yeah, our, our recruitment process is something I'm pretty proud of, actually. Um, in the early days, we had enormous difficulty with just spend, like I used to spend three hours a week training new members. You know, usually get ten at a time or something like that back then. And it's you know, if you include all the time that you use to prep and make a map and do all the training and that, it's a, it's a lot of time. And then you'd maybe get seven of those 10 turn up to the actual op and maybe two or three stay for a couple of ops. And, you know, by the time you get through training 30 people, it's a lot of time you've invested and mm. you might get two members out of that whole group. So it was, it would come apparent pretty quick that they needed to some way of filtering that tourist part. So um, the structure we, we've got now is very good at, weeding out tourists and evaluating the new members um it's it's done really in the same way you assess anyone for this sort of stuff in real life i reckon but the uh, you know you teach them something and instead of looking at their results you look at the attitude towards being taught something um and that tends to bring out people that are impatient you know when do i get to shoot something type recruits yeah it's really looking for people that are willing to learn and and uh Got got the patience to learn the teamwork that makes the game enjoyable. Yeah, cool. I'm clearly that type of people where I, I'm gonna get impatient for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, it's uh, not for uh, everyone, and yeah, but that's that's our, we're always open for recruitment, and um, we we've had like we've had a lot of people come through, and and de it definitely hasn't been for everyone, but we're pretty strict at keeping there, you know our balance between milsim and fun yeah cool I, I love that term by the way tourists it's a it's a perfect uh description of the types of people that i see in a lot of these games yeah they just it's definitely i can't think of any, any other way to describe them they <laughs> come along and then go um so what does your process actually involve how do people join up so obviously the first step is getting the mod set done so um generally involves visiting our website and reading the about and, and join pages and make sure ASOR is right for you first. And then there's there's some quick steps on there and any help that you need with any of that can be, can be get, get, uh, 
access through uh, Discord, and um, that's pretty much up to the minute help. People will help you with, uh, you know, our A-sourcing too and, and getting all that done. Um, and then once they're operational, we host a, like an induction night every two weeks and you actually go through all our basic SOPs and that so you can at least on your first night get into a squad and not be totally head spun around what, <laughs> what's going on. So, But um, we've always had a policy of we'll take anyone. Like you don't, you don't have to been in the milsim group or have real life military experience we've had members come through that have never even played armor before they rocked up and the, you know you you got to teach them a little bit more at the induction maybe but we're happy to do that if they're happy to have the, the right attitude towards it and um yeah it's it's been rewarding sometimes like getting someone in and seeing you know like in a, a year later they're leading the squad or something it's pretty cool yeah sweet um, and yeah, obviously we'll have all those, uh, those links in the description of the podcast for you guys who might be interested. Um, I know there's a bunch of Australians that are looking for milsim groups that don't have a 300 ping, so I'll be sure to send them your way. <laughs> yeah, um, servers in Sydney, so it's a good, good connection for Australians. Mm. Um, so, uh, in regards to like armor and sort of how it's developed over the years, um, how, do you enjoy armor as much as uh, now as you did when you first started playing? I guess when you started Armor Three, so when you picked it back up again. Yeah, I do actually. I'm probably more than ever, to be honest. Um, I had times, like I said before, where I need to take a break, but I always get a hankering to get back in and join the battlefield with ace or buddies and you'll you know you miss an op and you talk to people and you hear what you missed out on and you're like damn it i've got to go <laughs> <laughs> um it's one it's one aspect i like about ace or that like there's all the and it, it keeps the game alive when you got like a you know you, you strive to do it better whatever role you're delved into it's a never-ending goal you know sometimes frustrating but definitely rewarding when you, you get better at a role or something like that. And, you know, like I said before, we've I've changed to helicopter pilot, you know, it's a whole new game to explore and, and do, you know, like to master and, you know, I'm still yet to master any of the roles in ASOL. You know, it was only last week I killed the entire squad with my helicopter gunship run. <laughs> I was so dirty on myself. I couldn't even talk for 15 minutes, but you know, I'll do it better next time. And that's the whole point of it. You get in, you learn and you, try and get better at whatever you're doing yeah sweet so that's that's kind of your uh i get it sounds like that's kind of your favorite thing about armor which was going to be my next question then sort of do you do you like that that's sort like... of learning all the different parts of it kind of thing yeah the i think the the edit the mission making editor and the modding capability of armor is my favorite thing that's just nothing else out there in any other game industry you just it breathes so much life into the game and the replayability is just endless you can't really say that about any other game it, you can sculpt it any way you want you know we've done all sorts of campaigns it's never ending it's pretty cool yeah it's when true. when you read um a sandbox on the description of the game uh you don't even imagine how how true that is obviously yeah. when you play the game and you, you just you don't really know what sandbox is until you really play armor uh, I mean see the full potential of armor 
And it wouldn't be a, a Radio Armor podcast without me mentioning Super Miller Land. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, you seen that one, Suits? No. Okay, so someone has in Armor 3 written, using all the scripting language and everything, what's basically a Mario ripoff. I'll I'll send you oh, a link God. later. It's 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 amazing. Like you you jump, you you pick things up, you put them back down. It's and it's like a side scroller. It's it's incredible. You played it. Uh, they they played it on the um the last uh, Armor Three. Um, what was it? The, that meeting in Germany. I don't remember the. Uh, oh. Um, the yeah, the yeah, name I... of the the big meeting, the me- big uh, gaming meeting. You know, um, in in Germany. Um, I forget year. what it's called. Yeah, and uh, and they they had it. Well, I mean the the Bohemia team had it uh, on the computers they brought to the uh, to the uh, to the event, and uh, and so people could uh, play that uh, funny game mode. It was just you know to, um, to for new people that were just uh, coming and going on the stands, you know, on the on the uh, on the showcase. Well, uh, they could they could experience how how uh how amazing you could uh you could bring the game to um to to what point you could bring the game you know um mm. really uh, coming from a basically uh what you could call a military simulator that doesn't really mean anything and and then have a sort of super mario or sorry no yeah mario in it, in it, uh, it is <laughs> yeah version version miller in in armor like what the fuck you know you know <laughs> it's crazy you can, you can yeah you can really build so much crazy things i mean the latest thing that is really going over the top is the uh uh warhammer uh yeah uh, how's it called um the the 40 40k bust, the f- i think 40k yeah. warhammer um mod mm. dude that thing is completely over the top i don't know if they're they're creating their own um modals or, or i haven't looked into it but uh if they are these guys are doing an amazing job because it's just a, a mind, mind blowing basically at, at the end of each year we have like a christmas op and um gets pretty <laughs> wild sometimes <laughs> the um the first one we ever did was just out of control so we started out it was a party on the beach and then the bloody <laughs> what's that uh back to the future car the um oh, the, De- the, DeLorean. the delorean the delorean and the dock and rocked up in the delorean and then they went down the street turned around and did the full through the future thing and then <laughs> robots attacked the whole area and we were in buses and uh and then you know like captain kirk had spock beamed down and gave us weapons <laughs> it was and, and we, well, holy we, crap and then I, we had to do a have... musket attack and then we were attacking they're getting attacked by raptors and oh it was just we were fighting skeletons in tanks, and then the the the, pink, the clincher, we get to the end, and and Lex he'd uh, scripted a concert, so it had fireworks, lasers, and dancing guys on the stage to the music. <laughs> it was just insane. Like it was Man. pretty hard to top do that. Have, but do you have footage? It's been a few good ones. Yeah, there is. There is a. I'll, uh, I'll send you the link to the. Uh, that would be amazing. I, 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 I need to, to put see it in the description. <laughs> Yeah, we oh, got definitely one of that concert at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's incredible. I, I, I I'm just sitting there. I'm just thinking, like, ima- imagine someone who's never played Armor before listening to that and going, "What the hell are these guys talking about?" Yeah, I think the they just went through the 
strangest mods they could find and just put them all into one <laughs> crazy thing. It was pretty cool. We've, we do it every year. We've had a few different ones. Had one just this year with, you know, racing APCs and all sorts of stuff. It was, yeah, it was good. Awesome. All right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, get, get back on topic then. Have you got any uh, any mods that um, you'd like to see coming uh, or even any, like, features you'd like to see added to Armour 3 or even Armour 4 in the future? Yeah, I guess it's always good to have better eye candy, but I, I think, <laughs> like, Armour 4, it'd be really good if they capitalised on what the modding community has done. Um, obviously, keep that ability there the modding and the and the mission editor is just fantastic but mm. there's it'd be good to just see a built-in medical system that is capable of milsim level i think that it could be really well implemented if they looked into it properly stuff like that i think the milsim communities are what really drives armor as the base game that it's meant to be and that's combined arms so if they can add features to make that milsim possible built in without having to you know have a 35 gig repository to add in the stuff that you want would be just awesome. Mm. Okay, cool. so uh, for the modding community, the ACE team will be looking for jobs in a, in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the unfortunate part if they did do that, that. There's all this work that people have put in, but you know, if I've spent a lot of time on my um, mission-making editing platform thing, if I if I ended up seeing it in the game or something close to it, I'd be happy. Very cool. Well, um, how you've kind of answered a few, uh, but uh, how can uh, people reach out to you? Uh, you've said uh, you've got Discord, you've got a website. Do you have a Twitter? Uh, Twitter's probably the only thing we don't have, actually. The, um, oh. We've got... Discord's our main place. We just we live there now. We don't even use the forum on our website. And, but yeah, asor.com.au and and our YouTube page has heaps of videos of all our ops over the years. Um, you can all find it all on the website. It's probably easier just to head there and find info that you need. So the main the main okay main uh, uh, main route in would be the the website. Um, have you have you thought about the Twitter? Because uh, Homesick, the, um, the community manager of, of uh, Bohemia Interactive, posted a question this week. Uh, he was uh, asking why uh, why um, why he well he he found out that um, only few um, communities were actually on Twitter, uh, and he was questioning questioning the community and himself about what reason is there uh in in people not going to twitter do you have a do do you does your unit have a reason not to be on twitter or is it just lack of time or you know um probably like we've got a facebook and but it rarely gets used um i'll if i remember i'll put one of the youtube videos on there or something but i'm not a big social media person myself in real life so I guess, I mean, there's I've had people over the years manage the Facebook and do it, but it generally doesn't last. So I guess it's really just a management thing from the, the team's perspective. Like somebody like has to do it if it's there, you know, and I don't want to keep adding jobs to myself. I've spent the last three years trying to make myself not the center and, of ASOR and allow it to operate without me taking 
putting my finger in every everything. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the main reason. It's just um, an admin issue, I guess. <laughs> and that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Cyrus, why don't you ask uh, the Armageddon, uh question? All right, no worries. So we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up then with the with the last question we always ask. Do you have an an Armagasm moment? So like your your favorite moment that you've you've had in armor, maybe with your units, maybe with someone else, something that makes you go, "This is why I play this game. This is what I love about it." I thought long and hard about this one. The um, I really couldn't pin it down to any one particular moment, but I do have favorite moments. If if you can. If I can choose that, um, it's just the unscripted chaos you get in the battles. It, you know, it goes all south, and your team's basically sacrificing their lives to save one unconscious teammate surrounded by overwhelming enemy, and the odds are bad, and you just get through, and somehow you get out. You know, and it's just priceless moments of complete utter chaos of battle that I really enjoy. The, usually, the unscripted ones, you know, it's just like what just happened, and yeah you know you get the you get the sweats actually in real life and the stress of the whole thing and yeah hats off to all they saw members that don't click respawn that's all i have to say that they, <laughs> they create some interesting scenarios when they just stay there unconscious and we're killing ourselves to save them it's awesome awesome cool all right well in that case then i guess we'll, we'll wrap it up have you got any uh closing remarks there suits Oh, thanks for having me. No worries at all. All right, people. Well, very happy to have uh, Suits on this show. I hope you all were uh, pleased to uh, hear this episode of Radio Arma. Um, next episode next week, as usual, uh, and at the end of the week, the fight news, uh, as you always have. Um, please find us at RadioArma.com. You can find us on Twitter as well, at Radio Arma. Um, and um, we're probably going to uh, launch a few uh, live streams on uh, on uh, Twitch, aren't uh, aren't we, uh, Cyrus? Probably oh going God, to. Don't make me get up at five a.m. again. Don't no, make me don't do worry. it. We'll we'll uh, share the uh, the bargain and and uh, we'll uh, have our own uh, uh, special radio armor um, uh, thing, uh, a channel or something. Uh, and we still need to build that YouTube channel. We haven't still haven't posted anything on that. Uh, we have a we YouTube need to, channel. Yeah, we do, but we haven't posted anything on it. We need to to see it, uh, to see uh, what we can uh, post as content. Maybe the the interview stuff would be cool. Don't know. We're gonna think about it. Anyways, thanks suits for coming. for coming. It was a pleasure talking to you and and uh, about your uh, super cool uh, unit. Uh, thanks, Cyrus, for uh, for hosting this, and uh, we'll see you all next week for the next episode of uh, Radio Arma. Bye-bye, everyone. See you, Suits. Bye -bye. See you later. Thanks a lot.